Well, I want to share with you encouragement from God's Word, and I've titled this opening message of our series, Thankful People Are Kind People. Thankful people are kind people. I'm going to start with a question, and I want you to answer this question just in your mind. Don't answer it aloud. And it's really, in a sense, a rhetorical question. But the question is this. Doesn't it seem like some people are just naturally good at being kind, right? It seems like some people are just naturally good at being kind. It's almost as if they can't help but be kind. Maybe you know someone like that. If you don't know someone like that, just walk into a Chick-fil-A, and you'll see them, right? May I help you? Oh, my pleasure, May I take your tray for you? May I wash your car while you eat, right? So they're just so overly kind at Chick-fil-A. They seem to have this sweet disposition. For the rest of us, it just takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to be kind. And the reality is, in Chick-fil-A, in organizations like that, they work and they invest a lot of time and effort into fostering a kind environment. Kindness does not come easily or naturally to most of us. But our encouragement to you today is that if you would like to be a kinder person, and who doesn't, right? Who would not want to be a kinder person? Because no one has mastered kindness. I have hope for you. If you'd like to be a kinder person, I have hope, and that hope is found in God's Word. And I want to caution you, please do not think, Tim, it's too late for me. I'm already set in my ways. I'm too old. Kindness, that might be for somebody else, that's just not for me. That's not the way I'm wired. I'm going to encourage you not to think that way this morning. Because God's Word has the power to change. And you've heard You've heard through a very candid testimony this morning that God has the power to change. In Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The word kindness in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it comes from the Greek word krestos, C-H-R-E-S-T-O-S. Kindness is krestos, C-H-R-E-S-T-O-S. And krestos, I, I love this descriptive word. Krestos means a softening or mellowing of something that was once harsh. Kindness is a softening, a mellowing of something that was once harsh. Some people like to add a little salt to their coffee grounds before they brew their coffee to mellow out the bitterness. And that's why these days, right, salt coffee is so popular. In fact, it makes me want to go to uh, 85 degrees Celsius later on today and get a sea salt coffee. I think I'll do that. That's right. Because salt mellows out that harshness. 
A good way to describe kindness is a tender-hearted care. I like that. Kindness is tender-hearted care. What do you do to tough meat? You tenderize it. What do you do to a hard soul? You soften it. Kindness is tender-hearted care. And yes, it does not come easily. You see, because humbly giving ourselves to others, especially when we don't think that person deserves our kindness, that is so hard. It's one of the hardest things that we will ever do, to give kindness to somebody we believe does not deserve our kindness. And again, kindness doesn't happen naturally for most of us. That's why biblical kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. Biblical kindness goes so much deeper than just being nice to someone. At its essence, at its core, it is part of the fruit of the Spirit. And in order for us to demonstrate biblical kindness, we must be walking in the Spirit. And, I'll take it one step further, in order for us to be walking in the Spirit, we must have the Spirit residing within us. That's why it's critical for us to understand that biblical kindness, it does not start with us. True biblical kindness never starts with us. Listen as I read to you Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So, church, the next time we decide to withhold kindness from somebody, open up to Titus chapter 3. The next time we decide to withhold kindness from somebody, church, do this. Look in the mirror and see the undeserving person staring back at you, the person God showed kindness to. Biblical kindness always begins with God. And it's His loving kindness that leads us to repentance. You can read all about that in the second chapter of the book of Romans. God's kindness is the starting point of biblical kindness, but it doesn't stop there. You heard this morning, as Inez shared, You see, God's kindness to us must lead to God's kindness through us. God's kindness to us must lead to God's kindness through us. Otherwise, all we do is hoard God's kindness. And hoarding God's kindness is an indication that that person doesn't really understand God's kindness at all. You've heard the concept of paying it forward, right? Paying it forward. Maybe you've been in the drive through line, getting ready to pay for your morning coffee, only to discover, wow, the person in front of me paid for my coffee. Now, that can be a wonderful feeling. But instead of thinking this, instead of thinking, score, my lucky day, 
I've got more money in my pocket. Maybe it's an opportunity to bless somebody else with kindness. God's kindness must always lead us to show that kindness to somebody else. Ephesians 4, verse 32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Earlier I asked you to ask yourself, you know, that, that rhetorical question, doesn't it seem like some people are just naturally good at being kind? The reality is many people can be kind out in public. And the sad reality is oftentimes they might be kinder to strangers than to their own family. Now, I know this might leave us all feeling a bit guilty, but let's face it, we've all been there. It's, it's like the kindness, or it's like the, the difference between your phone voice talking to a stranger or an acquaintance versus your voice voice when you talk to a, a loved one, right? Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm doing so well. Oh, it's so wonderful. I appreciate you. God bless you. Goodbye. Hey, get over here. Hey, stop doing that. We've all been there. Now, what I'm not saying is this. I'm not saying just walk around using a fake voice at your home 24-7. Don't do that. That's just weird. But what I'm saying is we must absolutely be mindful of our tone. The tone we use to our loved ones. Because kindness must begin in the home. If we can get it right in the home, then we're well on our way to being kinder people. You see, because there's power in biblical kindness, and it must start in the home. And again, please, church, resist the temptation of saying, you know, it's too late. This is just who I am. I'm just not that person. I'm not kind. I'm too old now. I'm set in my ways. I'm facing the consequences of my life. Nobody respects me. Fight the urge of thinking that. We just heard a powerful testimony of how God has the power to transform lives. No matter what our past may hold, today is a new day. And if I can encourage you this morning, to not allow the actions of the past to prevent us from fostering a, a culture of kindness moving forward. It is possible to do that. Now, it's possible that you were raised in an unkind home, but it's possible through the power of the Holy Spirit to foster a culture of kindness in your home. And it begins with us. You know, parents, how do we instill kindness in the next generation? We demonstrate it to them, and they watch us foster a whole new culture. You know, tonight when you go home, you're going to change out of your clothes into your pajamas to go to sleep. Tomorrow morning, you'll wake up and you'll change out of your pajamas into your day clothes. The Apostle Paul talks much about clothing in the New Testament. In Colossians 3, 
Verse 12, he says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, in order for us to clothe ourselves with those articles of spiritual clothing, we must first take off other articles. And Paul says in verse 8 of Colossians 3, But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. And he gets very specific. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Take those off. They're no longer in fashion. Don't take those articles and then hide them in your closet thinking that one day in the future they'll come back in style. Just throw them away. Because the Bible tells us if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We live according to our new nature in Christ. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we're not going to lose our temper here and there. It's not going to mean that we're going to always be patient. But if we have a new nature, that new nature ought, ought to lead everything we do in life. God has given us a brand new wardrobe. It's not too late to foster a culture of kindness. And so this week, my encouragement to you is this. Do something kind for somebody this week. Think of somebody right now, if you will. Just think of a name in your mind and say, this week I'm going to do something completely unexpected for that person. Do something completely unexpected and watch God work. Let's bow together. Thank you, Father, for your kindness in our lives as demonstrated through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for working in each of our lives in a way that transforms us and helps us to become kinder people. We give you all glory. We give you all thanks. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.